Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll NBA podcast. Um, today isn't going to be like most of our episodes. It's honestly pretty solemn today, uh, but it's also going to be a celebration of the life of Kobe. Uh, of course, we all know what happened this Sunday uh, with Kobe and uh, Gigi Bryant uh, in the helicopter crash. And we have Eric here with us today, as always. Uh, Eric's, along with myself, one of the biggest Kobe fans that I've ever met. And I know he's devastated by it, just as many of us are. Uh, I know you probably don't know what to say, but Eric, I guess, how, like, how are you feeling right now? Um, it's definitely getting better. The, so I, got, I received a text message at like, it was like 12.30, and I looked down on my phone, and my friend Nate texted me, and he said, Kobe died in a helicopter crash. And I looked at my phone, and I was like, what? And I immediately, I always check Twitter. I'm like, okay, I got to verify this. And so I look, and the, someone retweeted the TMZ story, and it was just like, I was in shock. And the first person I thought of was like, I got to call Perry. So I FaceTimed Perry, and I was like, man, like, I don't even know how to react to this. This is horrible news, but I think Kobe's dead. And it's just super sad. Yeah, that was crazy. I had just walked in the door from church and Eric FaceTimed me and told me. And then right after you told me, I started getting tons of texts from like family and friends asking if I'd heard about it. And and for a moment there, all we saw was TMZ. So we were all kind of, kind of waiting for like ESPN or Fox or somebody to confirm it. And everybody started confirming it. and. I don't know, like, I wrote on my post and in, in Instagram, you know, we knew he was going to pass someday. He's not going to live forever physically. Uh, but we just, I, at least I just never thought it would be when I was this young. Nobody did. So it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, he seemed invincible. I mean, that's how he lived his career, like he was invincible. And so it, it was just – it's crazy to, to think that someone as powerful as Kobe Bryant could, could die. So I guess I, I'm, I'm kind of like you. It's, it's still surreal that we're never going to see him again, like the fact that we'll never see another Kobe interview or we'll never see him courtside again at a game with his daughter. It's just kind of crazy to even still <laughs> process. Uh, but I feel like we've already gone past the point or the stage where we're just super sad and just frustrated and mad. And now I'm kind of to the point where I just want to remember like all the good times. And I guess through all the trauma these last couple of days, what are some good takeaways that you've seen from the way people have reacted, especially the league? Um, or just people all around the world in general, what's kind of a, a good thing that you've gotten from this? Yeah, um, so Twitter is my favorite social media, and it's purely just because I love basketball so much and you control exactly what you get on your feed. And for the most part, people specialize in what they tweet. So, like, I don't follow any, like, joke accounts or anything like that. It's just pure basketball. And to see, like, so much, so many people and so uh, – so many tweets and stories come out of Kobe and just how unifying the whole world was or the whole world is right now with, with Kobe and um, just remembering him and his legacy has been super special. Yeah. I, I think there's been a couple of things that I've really taken away from the, the situation these past couple of days. And the first one I would, that stood out to me the most is how much the, players like respected Kobe and I mean Kobe's had a a crazy career he's had a lot of haters and a lot of super loyal fans as well he's had a lot of rivals uh and so it was always kind of hard to know um like what his legacy was gonna be like when he died like how we're power players going to talk about him and 
it's been so cool to see that even his biggest competitors, you know, KG, Shaq with the whole Kobe and Shaq thing, like everybody was just in tears over it because everybody respects him so much. I would think the most out of any player besides maybe Michael Jordan. Uh, and it's just been so cool to see that. And, and especially not only the NBA players, but also just people like us, like me and you. When we invested our lives into Kobe, we knew it would be a one-way relationship. Like, we knew that we would never probably meet him and that, you know, we would never be his friend. But we still invested so much time into him because we were just memorized, mesmerized by how he was when he was on the court. And I don't think we could ever think of it. Can you think of, like, anybody that's any prominent figure that's passed away where it's been like this? on social media and just all over the world not not in my lifetime i think yeah. it i think it's i mean you don't want to be hasty but like it it's probably the saddest day in sports history like nothing i mean people have died but not to this mag not of this magnitude or this tragic especially having um gg along with him and the seven other people it just the way it happened the way it went down makes it in my opinion, the saddest day in sports history. Exactly. And, and right along with that, I think the, the biggest thing that I can take away from all of this, uh, everything else I've said, put aside, is how many of Kobe's close friends who were players, like we heard Tracy McGrady say this, uh, LeBron and like Chris Paul and Carmelo, that they'd never seen Kobe happier than when he was retired and being a father and being able to spend all the time with his daughters. And to me, that's just the overall overarching theme. And, and that's probably what Kobe wants to be remembered uh, by the most. Like we all know he's one of the best players ever to play the game, but it's been so cool to see him take that role of being a father to the next level post-retirement and that we were at least able to experience a little bit of that. Definitely. I think like my main takeaway is that if there's one thing Kobe want, wants us to do, which is become better people to, I mean, as he tweeted, his last tweet is to LeBron saying continue to move the game forward. And you can just sub that out to continue to co continue to move your life forward. I think that's what Kobe was doing. Like, He's had the lowest of lows on the grandest of stages, you know, public, publicly going through those trials to be able to, to see the whole world see Kobe go through that. You know, it's got to be pretty low, but, you know, he's reached the highest of highs too. And so, like, and it just seemed like he was getting more and more high. You know, he's exactly. just continuing to to elevate his status and his legacy, even though he'd been removed from the game for four years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That one that we'll never see another athlete like him. Uh, so I I guess we're gonna get into our favorite Kobe memories and moments. But before we do that, I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit on uh, LeBron's post that you know the whole world was waiting to see lebron was kind of like the last player to post something uh and obviously we know that the night before kobe's death he passed him for a third all-time in points in philly kobe's hometown and uh like you said kobe's final tweet was to congratulate congratulate lebron um i guess i i really I really liked LeBron's post. I thought what he said was perfect and the way he handled it. Um, I guess what can we take away from LeBron's post and, and what do you expect from LeBron and the Lakers the rest of the season? You know, it's sad. I think like right when it happened, I mean, the Lakers are such a big part of my life. I'm like, man, what's going to happen to the Lakers? And so immediately I was just like, if they win this championship, like, it'd be the greatest storybook ending. Like, Kobe's life was already a storybook and the greatest storybook now that we can look back on it in, in, in full. And uh, it was just super touching to see that LeBron was like, man, I got this. I'm putting this on my back. 
like all the responsibilities on me. And so, I mean, you got to think a locked in LeBron in the playoffs was already the scariest player, but a locked in LeBron with this added motivation along with the entire team, there's not going to be much like it. I, I honestly, I, I mean, I'd love to see the Lakers win the championship. Oh yeah. I, I think, I honestly think this will be the best performance we'll ever see by LeBron this, these playoffs. I really hope it is. Uh, and just the amount of respect that he had for Kobe. Uh, you were at the Jazz game last night in Utah. They played the Rockets, and we've seen that there's been a lot of measures taken by the league. Obviously, they postponed the Lakers-Clippers game. That was supposed to be on ESPN tonight uh, because it was even Vanessa, Kobe's wife, who said she wished they would postpone it. Um, but yeah, you were at the Jazz game, and what what was the atmosphere like there? What did they do to kind of commemorate Kobe, and and how was that? It was awesome. They had like a one minute video tribute service, moment of silence, and then they did the twenty four second and eight second shot clock violations. And uh, man, the emotion there was just tangible. You could feel it in the air. Um, uh, in between each shot clock violation, the, the stadium got pretty quiet. And each time Kobe chants broke out and there was the whole stadium was chanting Kobe. Everyone was standing and applauding. And it was, it was amazing. We were supposed to record the pod last night. And I'm really glad, glad we're recording it right now because, like, to remember this, even just for my own, like, personal records, to, like, go back and think, man, I wonder what I was thinking of, of when, when Kobe passed. But to experience that – like a such a historic thing in the NBA is gonna is I'm always gonna remember it. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool that you were able to experience a game, um, be in that atmosphere. Uh, so, I the last thing about what's happening today before we get into our Kobe moments is there's been a couple ideas that I think could be really cool moving forward. Uh, we've seen a lot of players – well, the Mavericks already retired number 24, but we've seen a, a couple players already, like Spencer Dinwiddie today uh, changed his number from 8 to 26, and Terrence Ross changed his number. We've seen a lot of the warm-ups uh, be Kobe jerseys for players. Uh, the, the one – the couple of ideas that I've heard that I've really liked is – for the all-star game this year, have the West wear number eight and the East wear number 24, all the players. I just think that would be a perfect way. And then we've seen the petition going around about changing the logo to Kobe. And I mean, Jerry West being the logo, I think that would be the perfect transition from Jerry West, who was the first one to believe in Kobe and take a chance on him to moving it to Kobe. What do you think of that? Um, I think it'd be awesome. It's another way the NBA can immortalize such an important figure. Yeah. So do you think it should be, the logo should be like his fadeaway or what? Either his fadeaway. I've seen like a couple, I mean, everybody's seen the different like little Photoshop jobs of it. But I honestly like the one where he's dribbling the ball. It's kind of, kind of like the current logo, but you can distinctly tell it's Kobe. Yeah. I just like to look at that one. A lot better. You can see his underbite when he. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, I, I really hope they end up doing that. But all right, well, let's move on to our top five. I mean, there's so many Kobe moments that it would take hours for us to say which ones we want to talk about. So let's just talk about our top five, kind of in chronological order. Uh, so what's the the first one that really sticks out in your mind? So the first one that comes to mind is the oop to Shaq. What started the three-peat? What started that crazy relationship? And what started Kobe's career in, in a way? You know, it's, it's iconic. We've seen it in commercial after commercial. We've seen it in highlight after highlight. It defines the beginning of his career. And it was just such a, such a big moment because, you know, the Lakers were – they were they would probably split him up if they didn't win that series. You know, they'd ran a couple seasons, two or three back to back, and they both 
they'd gotten out in the previous playoffs before, and so they needed something to work. And they were down what seventeen in the fourth quarter. 14? Yeah, yeah, sixteen. Yeah. And so it, to have them come back, and uh, such a like artistic moment, the Oop to Shack Shack celebration after them jumping into each other, it was super dope. Yeah, that that was amazing. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why, especially LA fans, love Kobe so much is because they grew up with him. Like he came into the league as the youngest player ever, and really the first guard to come out of high school. And that's why a lot of people passed on him on in the draft because it's not like he was a big guy coming out of high school. No, he's a six six guard, and. Uh, I was watching an interview, I think, two two weeks ago before Kobe passed away. He was on uh, – Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes have a show where they go around and uh, interview players, and they were interviewing Kobe, and they asked him, they were like, what was the hardest part of your 20-year career? And he said, it was my first year in L.A. not getting playing time and not having the coach believe in me. And like you said – it was that moment right there where the whole league was like, oh, shoot. Like, here, like people, some people could tell, like, okay, he's going to be something special, but it was that game and that moment when Kobe took over that it was a done deal. Like, he was going to be the next face of the league. Definitely. An awesome moment. It's, it's so good. For sure. All right, so next – uh what do you have so it um i mean that this isn't one of the moments but i think we we need to recognize it is just kobe's life was ups and downs in 2003 him and i mean he had the colorado stuff and so it's just another element to his to his persona but i mean he 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 only tried to get better from there he became one of the most the the biggest advocates for women's basketball for women's sports afterwards you know we'd see you know when he crashed he was on his way to a women's basketball game a girls basketball game and so just to be able to see his change from that 2003 situation further is is really cool yeah yeah i remember when that happened and uh i just i don't know i still don't really believe the accusations that took place during all of that but um it was really cool to see the way Kobe handled it and came on top and like you said ended up really changing his life and just being a such a great role model especially to young girls like his daughter uh, so with that we have the right after that the 81 point game so, I mean, 81-point game speaks for itself. That's just insane. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I can always remember what day it happened because it's my sister's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> January 22nd, 2006. And so, man, like, what an incredible feat to achieve. A couple weeks back before that, he scored 62 and three quarters. And everyone, everyone's like, man, why do you want to go back in for the 40s? Like, I'll do it again. Like, <laughs> like why are you guys tripping? And uh, it's just like the pure domination that that man could achieve and the level that he could be locked in at was, was next level. And it was, it was so cool and so captivating. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love basketball and why I love Kobe Bryant is just because he could put his will onto a game and you couldn't do anything about it. Well, yeah, I, I totally remember watching that game live. And the thing that was crazy about that game is uh, he starts off like – has like 30 in the first half. And you're just like, all right, he's going to go for like 50. And then in the second half he had 55. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, this guy is literally insane. And like obviously the only thing we could compare that to was Wilt's 100-point performance. But if you think about it, Will was a big man who was bigger than everybody and just unstoppable in the paint. When you look at that game that Kobe had, it's pretty much like straight jumpers. And just a lot of the shots were super diff difficult shots, which he was notorious for making. 
Uh, but I just remember listening to the press conference after the game and he was saying, they're like, when did you know, like, it was going to get to that point, you know, the 81 points. And he's like, well, like, my team just looked, like, lethargic at the game. I had to take it into my own hands. <laughs> yeah, like, so a couple weeks ago in real life, uh, James Harden went for, like, 62 or something. Yeah. But they were beating the Hawks by 50 points. Like, the worst team in the league, and nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about this is, like, Kobe – this was important. Like <laughs> he, had, they were going to lose the game if he didn't score this many points. Yeah. Like I know in the fourth quarter, they were up by like 15, but it was like, he needed to contribute that or else they were going to lose. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a day that everybody will remember for sure. And one of Kobe's top uh, career highlights. So uh, a little bit after that season, we the next the third moment that we had for Kobe's career was the 2008 uh, gold medal game in the Olympics, and this really stood out to me because uh, he had LeBron and D Wade on his team, and they were the up and coming stars, and uh, Carmelo was on there as well, and it was just so cool that in that game, super close game. Kobe was the one to have the final say and say, all right, you guys aren't stepping up. You guys aren't ready for this yet. He's like, I'm going to show you, like, how you close a game. And they, everybody just knew, like, all right, Kobe's got this. He's closing it. Like, he was on a team with the best players in the world. And he was just like, screw you guys. Like, I'm putting <laughs> this into my own hands. Like, I'm winning this goal for us. Yeah, and just to another, another uh, level of his competitiveness, you know, he's playing against Pau Gasol, newly acquired teammate. And they went just – they just lost the finals, but the, in the – Kobe's not taking it soft on anybody. He levels Pau Gasol in the opening <laughs> minutes. He's like – and he says – or I don't know what – but, like, he just sends the message saying, you know, I'm, it's us – it's me against you, bro. Like, we're not yeah. the Lakers right now. Like, I'm, I'm competing for my country. And so – it's just cool to see that he'd knock Kobe or he'd knock Powell down and he'd not be afraid to hit 17 straight points for his team when they need it in the fourth quarter. Exactly. And, and one huge thing that we can take away from that 2008 Olympics in Beijing as well is that how, how much of a jump that guys like LeBron, Harden, and D Wade and Carmelo all took that season after so like you know that they were just picking Kobe's brain like crazy that whole summer and it showed the next season they both they all had the best years of their career up to that point yeah 2008 is is the Olympics is so defining for them you know it it changed like Kobe was like an outcast at the beginning like nobody really talked to Kobe from what we've been told but like now we see all the videos of them super close after and like it just changed his whole his whole idea and whole mind state of the game and uh, then like he became a mentor to all those guys and everyone looks up to him and everybody loves him and so like that really changed how he how he approached the game yeah yeah it really did um and we know that after the 2008 olympics that Uh, The Lakers continued on to win back-to-back championships, uh, which was just so amazing. And especially the 2010 finals uh, is definitely a highlight of Kobe's career. His fifth and final ring, uh, second one back-to-back without Shaq, and especially to do it in Boston uh, against the Lakers' rival and just to see, uh, he he honestly didn't play that well in the like entirety of the game, but it, once again he he closed out and performed when he needed to the most. And I mean, that's even even to him. If you were still here with us today, he would probably say that was his favorite championship. Yeah, I mean, he's on the record saying it was the hardest. Yeah, so that's why it's the sweetest. But to see – I mean, there's so many aspects of this game that I love. 
I just rewatched it like a week and a half ago with my brother. We were just like chilling and I was like, oh, we should throw in the game. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, to see like, I mean, he didn't have the, the greatest game. He was, he was brick and he went six for 24. Mm-hmm. But something that he did do, he, he got 15 rebounds. Yeah. So Kobe, like known as a shooter, wasn't hitting all of his shots. Game seven, when everyone's looking to him. But he knows he can dominate the game in any way that the, that the other team gives him. So he goes out there, gets 15 boards, scratching and clawing on defense. Yeah, he was playing lockdown D too. And so it, it's just – it's cool to see that he was locked in in every facet of the game. What, he had 12 all-defensive teams, nine of them first team? Yep. And so, it, like, yeah, Kobe was a great offensive player, but – Dang, was he a force on the defensive end. Definitely top three greatest two-way players ever. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, he. people forget how how amazing he was at, at defense. And so that that's definitely one of his top moments. So the last two we have. Here, wait, wait one sec before we keep going. So at Saturday night, I was just like with some of my friends. And we were just discussing, I mean, this is what I do in my free time, is I just talk about Kobe. <laughs> um, we were just discussing, man, we were like, what, what's Kobe's statue going to be like? Like, which moment is it going to be? And so I was like, I could see after the 81-point game, him pointing to the, to the rafters or to the ceiling of Staples. I could see um, against the Suns when he's either the elbow jumper or when he's fist pumping. Yeah, or and, when he's, like, pulling his jersey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's when he's pulling his jersey, or in 2010 when he hops on top of the scorer's table, arms outstretched, you know, he's counting five. Like, five, I got yeah. him. I would, so, say, I would say that one would be the coolest. It'd be, it'd be so cool for me. Um, I mean, you never, like, obviously that was Saturday night before things dramatically changed. And so you, they might honor him in a different way, maybe with Gigi on top of his shoulders. Or oh yeah, that's true. So I'm not sure how would how would how they'd approach it now, but you, do you think that they have to throw up a statue in the coming year? At oh, least? they will for sure. Like I think even if he didn't pass away, they would. Uh, so they're they're definitely gonna do that for sure. Yeah, I, I and I think with Gigi passing away with them. I would be surprised after you saying that if they didn't include her in it somehow with him. Yeah. Uh, so our next moment and our second to last is this was probably one of my top like Kobe moments ever is when he tore his Achilles, walked to the free throw line, hit both free throws and walked off the court. And to me, like, that was just the ultimate sign of just being like a bad A and like the ultimate <laughs> competitor. Like we obviously we know that Kobe Kobe's always played through injuries, uh, but that was just at another level. And he he definitely knew right away that he tore it. It's not like he knew because especially what we hear from players who have torn their Achilles, it seems like somebody just kicks you in the back and it like snaps. Uh, of the leg and so he knew right away what it was but the fact that he had so much will and determination because he didn't want anybody else to shoot those free throws like to go in the game and shoot them for him like he thought he had the best chance of making them and so he did that like that was just a moment that I'll never forget watching that happen yeah no I I distinctly remember I was in my friend's kitchen and we were just this was like a Kobe was playing 45 minutes a game towards the end of that season. He's like, my team will make the playoffs. <laughs> like, I don't care what happens. I'm going to get us there. <laughs> and, uh, yes, t- Kobe, like, he had a great – he just – I mean, he tore his Achilles, and he shows what Mamba mentality was all about. I mean, everyone says it's, like, super cheesy and super corny, but, like, if there's one person who actually believed in it, it was Kobe. Exactly. And so it, to see him, you know, step up to the line and hit those two free throws, I was like, dang, like, 
that is tough. That is exactly what, like, I want to encapsulate in my life. Like, I want to be able to do the, that, like, something that tough and just, like, continue to fight forward. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that that will carry on forever with Kobe is that the mentality that he had, it doesn't just carry on the basketball court, but it can be in any aspect of anybody's life. Uh, and can be used in the workplace, with relationships, with anything hard that you're going through. Uh, you can take what we've learned from him on the basketball court and apply it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with, with him uh, growing up. So the last moment that we had on here was the last time we ever saw him play on a court in the NBA. And that's his farewell game. So ESPN had it, they, they had it on last night. And so I was watching it and he started off the game like over five. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh no, like this is gonna be bad. It's, I mean, it's good. Cause like everybody's there and uh, we're just gonna be able to remember like all the good times about Kobe and the halftime show will be fun. And all the speeches by like magic and stuff like that. We're like, that's gonna be good. And then he hits like four or five in a row and you're like, okay, like this could actually be like pretty interesting. But nobody, nobody except for Kobe himself would ever think that he would score 60 points in his final game. <laughs> like that, that man, you could see he was like barely walking. Like he literally left every single ounce of energy he had left on the floor and just watching it last night just made me so happy, like almost on the verge of tears, like because it was just so cool to see him one last time, just give it everything he had. And I mean, he shot 50 times, which is just awesome. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he was still pretty efficient. Like he almost shot 50% from the field, which is crazy. So it was just, it was, it was so amazing. Like the best, farewell game any athlete could ever have yeah um when it happened live i was on my mission me too <laughs> and uh, i was i'd gotten like a new missionary that i was helping teach how to be how to be like a missionary <laughs> and uh he loved the lakers too and so like we were just like sitting there like I mean, we weren't crying, but we were just, like, sad. We were like, dang, man, we can't watch Kobe's final game. This sucks. <laughs> and the, But, like, that week or that weekend when we got to check our mail, one of my friends emailed me, like, a bunch of highlights, and I was like, I don't even care. I'm watching all of this. I'm watching it until the day I, like, go home. Like, I love <laughs> like this is exactly what I need. This is, like, how I de-stress. Like, I understand. And – it was just so cool. Unbelievable to hear that news. Like everybody the next day when we were walking around was like, Kobe's the man. And it was just, what a way to go out. He'd never shot 50 times in a game. Oh, he'd shoot it in his last game. Nobody thought that, but he did. <laughs> and then to, to make the 10 point comeback in the final two minutes with Kanye, Jay-Z, Snoop Dogg, Shaq, AI, you know, anybody who was anybody in the NBA was there or watching, and it was just unreal. Yeah. It, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember my parents emailed me because I, I knew his last game was coming out because, like, friends email you on your mission and just tell you what's going on. Uh, and my parents are like, we know you're going to want to see this, so we're going to record it. And it's the first thing I watched when I got home. Like, as soon as I got into my house, like before I was even released, like I turned that last game on and I was crying. Like I literally was crying. Like it was so cool to be able to watch that. It was just, yeah, something none of us will ever forget. Yeah, no, I did the exact same thing. I'm not even joking. I, we walked or I got home. And my brothers are like, all right, let's throw it on. We all put our Kobe jerseys on. We all have our own Kobe jerseys. We all put our Kobe jerseys on. And we're, we watched the the game and we, like, especially watched the last four minutes or the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter because oh, yeah. it was just so special. Yeah. No, and, and like I said before we went through these, uh, there's definitely 
so many more we could think of, you know, the, we've already talked about it, the classic uh, game winner against the Suns in the playoffs, uh, Kobe dunking over Dwight, dunking over Steve Nash. I mean, his 63-point game against the Mavs in three quarters, that, that has to be up there for sure. That was crazy. Uh, but there, there's so many moments that we could just point out. Um, but for a second, I kind of just want to touch on what, which Kobe do you think was better? number eight or number 24 because we've had this discussion a lot before he even passed away and what do you think i'm taking 24 kobe it just it's who i identify with it's who i mean i have vague memories of the three pete but i was able to really like understand the magnitude of winning an nba championship the back-to-back years and I could understand like exactly like how dope Kobe was and like I could un- I could follow him and comprehend everything and uh so I'm, I'm taking 24 like he was smart he was uh he was just a killer he changed his persona to exactly what he needed to be and so I just I love 24 Kobe yeah I think 24 Kobe was when the black mamba and the mamba mentality was born uh I the way I've always looked at it is number eight Kobe was more just pure dominant. Like you literally had no chance like to stop him. Like if he wanted to score 80 a game, he could like, he was just athletically just and skill just so much better than everybody else. But when he was 24, like you said, that's when he really developed like the Kobe patented footwork that everybody loves. And he just took his footwork to another level and his basketball IQ, the way he approached and studied the game was just like nothing we've ever seen. So. And uh, I mean, thinking about 24, he really developed like himself into a leader. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was, he was close with a lot of people in the earlier years, but. If you look at his relationship with Pau, with Lamar Odom, with Derek Fisher, Meta World Peace, um, I mean, it's just – it's like he was a different player. He could include his teammates, and he knew that he needed his teammates to make him better. Exactly. And speaking of Kobe and teammates, uh, I guess what are what are some of your favorite memories or stories with – Kobe and teammates, uh, whether good or bad, that made Kobe look good or bad. <laughs> I mean, like any practice story you ever hear is probably <laughs> true. <laughs> him elbowing Sasha, Sasha Vujicic, him yelling at Jeremy Lin that he sucks. Off <laughs> like Charmin. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lou Will and Nick, uh, Nick Young just tweeted about how it, he made them take off all their Kobe's and he threw them away and he said, you guys don't deserve to wear my shoes. I loved that. That was got blown so up by Portland. <laughs> the Nick Young one I heard the other day was when Nick Young broke his finger in practice and Kobe thought he was faking. So every time he'd throw Nick Young the ball, he'd throw it as hard as he could in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe doesn't care. Like he's played through torn tendons in his fingers. Yeah. Like, torn labrums in his shoulder he'd shoot left-handed if he had to (laughs) but the thing that Nick Young did say is once Kobe like legitimately found out that he broke his finger he was the first one to see him after his surgery and right before he went into surgery and so one thing I've heard uh that that I really thought was a good point is Kobe demanded excellence and perfection from his teammates Um, and the reason why he was maybe often like frustrated with his teammates wasn't because they weren't trying their hardest. It's just because their hardest wasn't even at his, like not really trying. So like, like for example, uh, they're saying that Phil Jackson had to tell Kobe that like, don't get mad at your teammates for not putting in work because they are. But, like, their level 10 is just your level 7, and you have to accept that. Like, you have to accept that you're special. And, like, 
other players, other humans can't get to the level that you go to. And like, you just have to be okay with that or else you're going to be mad at every single one of your teammates. And I thought that was crazy that like Phil Jackson had to sit Kobe down and like tell him that. And to think about like his post career, you'd never see Kobe as a coach. I mean, yes, he'd coach his daughters. Like, yeah, Yeah. like, of course he's doing that stuff, but he wouldn't ever want to be like an NBA coach because it'd just drive him crazy. I bet <laughs> you're like, man, like, why can't you guys all want it as hard as, like, as bad as I want it? Exactly. But he's just, he's, he's different, man. Different animal. He's, yeah, like, like, like we said, nothing we've ever seen. And, and we saw it even when he retired, you know, the, he won, like, he won an Oscar. Like, what? what NBA player retires and then wins an Oscar? Like, that's just crazy that he was able to do that. And I just love how he always was different. Like, most most guys were seeing that when they retire, we've seen this with, like, tons of NBA players. They go right into the broadcasting route. Like, they want to be the guys calling the games on TV, the TNT crew, the ESPN crew, on the jump, on those type of shows. Kobe's like, no, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do a thing called detail, and I'm going to sit and study film one-on-one with players. And he's like, no. He's like, I don't want to be a coach or help with the Lakers. I'm going to go do my own thing and help players individually. And then he did the whole thing with children's books. And it's just like everything he did was just so amazing, and he put everything into it. And it's just so sad that – we were only able to see just a couple of years of Kobe's second act, which a lot of people thought would have been better than his basketball career. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> like the man had the most, one of the most accomplished careers in, in sports. And then he goes and he wins a freaking Oscar. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I love that, that, uh, dear basketball, I wrote an essay in college for it. And uh, like, I just like anything I ever had to do, like, I always tried to surround it around Kobe because I knew I I had enjoy researching it. (laughs) Well, my favorite line from it right now is, uh, you asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Uh And I just, I, I love that line so much. And I think it like can mean so much to so many people. Yeah. And and we're not here to say that Kobe was perfect, that he was the perfect teammate, the perfect leader, the perfect basketball player, or even the perfect dad or husband. We know that he's not. We know nobody is. Um, but we do also realize that he was special. And it was from the time that he stepped foot into the league as an 18-year-old kid who couldn't even drive. Um, and... I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. Uh, My brother sent it to me and I've seen it as well floating around is a story that Jimmy Fallon told on the late night show about him and Kobe and when they first met. Have you heard this yet? I haven't. So Jimmy Fallon was saying that they were both uh, had Jimmy Fallon's a little older than Kobe, like a couple years older. And he was at a party and, uh, started talking to Kobe and he didn't even know who Kobe was because Kobe had just moved there and so had he and he's like who are you he's like I'm Kobe he's like oh cool he's like yeah I play for the Lakers and he's like oh my gosh like seriously and then I guess some guys at the party like asked uh Kobe to go get him some beer and so Kobe asked Jimmy Fallon if he wanted to go with them so him and Kobe went in the car to get like beer for this party and they pulled up to the place where they were getting the alcohol and the uh, Jimmy Fallon's like, hey, we just like need a couple cases of beer. And the guy was like, no. And then Kobe pulled out his idea and was like, I play for the Lakers. And they gave him the, the beer. <laughs> <laughs> he just said it was like so cool because, you know, I would have never known with, by how humble he was that um, he played for the Lakers. And obviously we know we know Kobe was known for being arrogant and confident and saying that he was going to be the next MJ as soon as he stepped into the league. But it is at the end of the day that the people that knew him best are the first ones to say 
that he was one of a kind and one of the nicest and most genuine people that they had ever met. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's like, there's countless stories where he, he's in the gym earlier than everybody out working. Everybody stays later just so that they know that he's going to work harder. And, but like, I wanted to touch on some things that like made Kobe more personal to me. Yeah. Um, and like, I never knew the man, like I never talk, said one word to him, but like he was such a major part of my life. And like, like I easily my favorite athlete of all time, easily the reason why I love the Lakers, why I love basketball. And so like, it's crazy how someone that I never knew personally could like affect me so much. Like I was like, I was heartbroken when I found out that Kobe died. And so like, just to see like how much he could affect my life was super, super cool. But I guess one of the first things that I saw or that I thought about was like, man, how many relationships have I fostered because of Kobe? Like one of my best friends from back home, Murphy, like we love Kobe. We'd spend hours talking about him. My friend Kramer, like we'd go so deep into the Lakers and always be playing 2K and always arguing over who got to be Kobe. And then like even Perry, I met him on the mission and like what connected us was because like we both loved Kobe. And, like, we kept up that connection. We're like, man, Kobe's the best. And, like, afterwards, like, we met up. And we're like, oh, dude, like, and it all started because of Kobe. <laughs> and yeah. then when I was 16, I got my driver's license picture taken. And I had my Lakers lanyard and I had a Kobe jersey on. <laughs> and so, like, I always knew when I, whenever I pulled up my license, like, yeah, I'm wearing my Kobe jersey. Like, no biggie. <laughs> and then, like, all of my times that I was defending Kobe or – you know, I'd gone to so many arguments, and I'd, I'm so glad I did because it just, like, fostered why I love the man so much. Um, and when it happened, like, I counted it, 38 people texting me. Like, we're like, dude, like, did you hear the news? Like, are you okay? Because they knew how much I love Kobe. It's like, it's a defining characteristic of who I am is <laughs> my love for the Lakers and my love for basketball. And so I just thought that was, like, super, super interesting, like, just a different perspective to look at it. My intramural team, our Perry and I's intramural team was called Mamba Mentality. <laughs> we won it. We won the top division. My Hoop Fest team, we all wore Lakers jerseys. Um, something that always inspired me about Kobe was uh, he, uh, he maximized his potential. Like, if, if anybody thought that he wasted any of his talent, you're, you're crazy. Because he got every single ounce of talent out that was possible. And I think my final, like, my favorite thing about Kobe was, like, how much everybody else loves him. This, this is, like, my end all to the, to the debates about who was better. It just, like, just listen to how the players talk about him. Nobody can talk about Kobe in the way that they do besides the players because they've actually played against him. And other players, they, I mean, other people, like analysts, they always point to the numbers because that's tangible. They can feel that but because they've never felt playing against him. Exactly. And so it, everybody always says Kobe's, if not, he's the hardest person to guard ever. If not the best player ever, that they're one, he's one of the best players ever. And so just like, look at that for a second. Like the people who actually have played it and actually experienced it, they all say Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. The, at the end of the day, that ends, that ends any argument is the player's, and especially, it's not like the no-name players. It's the superstar players that are saying that. It's the LeBron James. It's the Dwayne Wade. It's Yeah, it's the best defenders. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones saying that Kobe was the hardest to guard. And, um, yeah, it was crazy the amount of people that I haven't even talked to in years, like since high school, that messaged me um, and were saying, like, you're the first person I thought of when I heard about Kobe or like, I hope you're doing okay. Like, I know how much he meant to you. And like my wife was like literally fearing for me when she, when I, when you told me that Kobe passed away, she's like, oh no, like this is going to be a rough day. And cause she knows that like, it's her and then Kobe. <laughs> and uh, No, like, but same, I mean, shout out to my friend Coleman Clyde uh, from my hometown. He's the one who introduced me to Kobe at a young age. And it was from the first time that I saw him play that I just fell in love. Like, 
I, I really did. There's nobody I'd rather watch more than him. Uh, like I said, I would watch his games and then go out in my driveway and try to do the same things that he was doing. And obviously I couldn't, but I would try. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, my first, the first time I made a Facebook page was in middle school and my first profile picture was like the Kobe puppet from the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and, like just everybody knew like how much I loved him. And uh, that's why it's just been so, so devastating um, to have somebody who's been such a big part of your life. Just like you said, even though we didn't know him personally, he's he's been such a big part of our life. And uh, it's it's so sad to see him go. But at the end of the day, it's it's so amazing that we were able to experience those 20 years of seeing him in the NBA and then what he's been able to do after. And I just really hope that um, that there is like a documentary or something about Kobe's life that comes out and that we're able to hear more of the behind the scenes stories and hear more from his past teammates and competitors and his family uh, because I think he deserves it. I think it would be a, such a great thing to be able to for the whole world to see. I'm sure they will do that. I mean, the most prominent sports figure almost ever um, and the tragic way he died, I'm sure they'll do something like that. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think that he will continue to live on forever. And uh, yeah, we're just so great. I'm just so grateful that I was able to experience what I was able to while he was still here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like even my Xbox Live name was is is dedicated to Kobe. <laughs> like I won't tell you what my passwords are for 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 all my emails and stuff. Cheers, but dude, uh, dude. <laughs> like hopefully a crook isn't listening to this podcast because you won't be in every one of my accounts. <laughs> but but no, like honestly, like I'm just glad we're able to talk about it. I'm glad we're like because it'll be like a, it's like a cool little journal moment for us yeah to look back on it to see like how important he was and how important he will be in the future of the NBA and that's what I told Eric uh I remember I texted you and told you it's our job now just kind of like LeBron said it's on me but it's on people like you and me who loved Kobe to uh tell our future kids about him and just show him, like, show our kids, like, how dominant and amazing he was. Like, we got to continue the Kobe legacy for sure. Of course, Mamba forever. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we're so grateful for you guys for listening. Even if you weren't a huge Kobe fan, I know that all of us at this time can at least respect the competitor that he was. And at the end of the day, he's the best we've ever seen um, com- competitor-wise. and. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs>